Hey there, everybody. Welcome out to another episode of Redeemed Through His Blood. My name's Scott Durfee, and super excited to be here with you today. As always, joined by our teacher and friend, David Durfee. What's up, Dave? Hey, Scott. So good to be here and talk about uh, how to apply the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. That's kind of the question that I hope everybody will ask themselves, and that uh, by the time we're done with the podcast today, that uh, they'll have a little bit better understanding and know how to focus on that uh, on that process a little better. Uh, th- this has uh, just been an absolute joy for me over the last several weeks. Again, as we've uh, gone through a second season, actually, of the we call it a course because it really is a course. It's what we do here is kind of fashioned after uh, the course, the Divine Gift of Forgiveness, which is an institute uh, course from the church. In fact, um, last we checked or last we heard, we don't check, but somebody told David that, uh, and somebody in the know that it was. Uh, is, I guess, still the most popular course that's being taught in uh, seminaries and institutes right now. And what a great course. It's a great opportunity. You know, Dave, a couple weeks ago, Deb and I had an opportunity to share some experience and strength and hope in a couple of Fifth Sunday um, talks, if you will. And uh, one we got to do was with a single adult um, ward. And, And, you know, normally... I, I should say in the past when I've approached this, you know, I've gone in and we've talked about how to recover from addictions and, and various things in the church. You know, we, we've had a, an approach and it's been great. But, you know, as we talked about it this time, David, it was a little bit different because I was able to integrate what we talk about here in the podcast with that kind of approach to healing from addiction and healing uh, from, you know, the things in, in life that are just natural man to us. And, it was really interesting. <clears throat> Shouldn't be a surprise, and it really wasn't a surprise. I think it was kind of our intent, but the uh, the spirit was just so strong in testifying and in in um, in kind of um, what's the word? Not enabling, but administering the atonement of Jesus Christ. There that day when we were there, the spirit was just so strong as we focused on these truths and. And uh, really came to a consensus and to a belief and to an agreement with uh, with uh, the Spirit itself that you know it's through the Spirit that the atonement of Jesus Christ gets administered in our lives and and I think we're going to talk a lot about that today. Yeah, for sure, Scott. Yeah, that's that's really sweet. I'm sure that uh, your influence that you're having on the young adults of the church, you and Deb together. Uh, because of your experiences and how the Lord has taken uh, ashes and turned them into something beautiful is is really uh, really sweet for me to kind of be a witness to. So thanks for sharing that, Scott. And uh, and you mentioned the course. You know this is an in, this uh, is based on an institute course that uh, I had kind of designed and put together several years ago. And then Elder Anderson found out about it and and uh, wrote the book, The uh, Divine Gift of Forgiveness, and he and I consulted on that a lot. And I, I want uh, all of our listeners to know that this is available to them online, the course. If they, if they go to the app, the church's app, and they 
go to books and lessons, then they'll be taken to a tab called Institute. And if they click on Institute, really the first question that comes up, or the first course that comes up, is the divine gift of forgiveness. Yeah. It's become a really, really popular course uh, in all of the languages that the book has been translated, which uh, I don't know how many languages it's been translated in by now. And and uh, I was... Uh, I I helped put the uh, the teacher manual together. I worked with the curriculum department of seminaries and institutes a little bit to to do that, and they used the uh, the book, "The Divine Gift of Forgiveness" by Elder Anderson, as a student uh, manual, and that's available to them online through the church's church's app. And I encourage them to look at that and to use that in their in their teaching in the church in their family uh in their in their personal lives it'll it'll really bless all of our listeners also if you go to uh just the website on a on a pc laptop or anything like that you can find it there it's under institute uh, just go to churchofjesuschrist.org forward slash study and then if you go under institute you'll be able to find it there deb and i teach this um at byu for a ysa stake currently this will be our we're actually going into our third year i can't believe that really yeah but uh, yeah it's been amazing yeah to see lives changed and to see lives touched and and perceptions change of uh, you know the relationship and their connection with deity specifically with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, but obviously, you know, that has to be done through the uh, Spirit of the Holy Ghost, which is, and it's just been beautiful, Dave, to see, literally see lives changed, and and our own, you know, yeah, among absolutely. them, you know, absolutely. but to, but to, to see lives changed. We're blessed just, the most. Yeah, just a beautiful experience, so. So that's, the, that's, you mentioned the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, we're going to talk about the gift and power of the Holy Ghost today, I'd like to begin by just saying, and maybe this should be the title of this podcast, Scott, that the Holy Ghost is the agent of change. You know, if, if, um, if anyone wants to change their life, not just habits, but if you want to change your life, the key to that is receiving, responding, and recognizing the gift of the Holy Ghost in our life. And that's what we should talk about today. We uh, have talked the past few weeks about forgiving others, how to forgive ourselves, uh, a little bit about how to recognize that we've been forgiven so that we can forgive ourselves. Uh, it's probably worth repeating. It's pretty hard to really forgive yourself if you don't know where you stand with God and you don't know whether Jesus Christ has forgiven you or not. Yeah. Uh, if you forgive yourself and you don't know that, you're probably just brainwashing yourself. So I just think it's really important that we understand that it is the Holy Ghost who is the agent of change and he is the messenger and the administrator of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. That's a paraphrase from Elder Christofferson. The agent of change, by the way, is really from Bishop Gasse, of the presiding bishop of the church in general conference talk. 
I want to begin today by referring to a face-to-face event uh, for the youth that was held uh, six years ago, back in 2017, at the Sacred Grove. President Eyring was there, Elder Holland was there, there were a few youth on hand, and then by satellite, connected to youth all over the world. This was on uh, uh, the 4th of March, 2017. And Elder Eyring was asked by one of the youth, how do we apply the atonement of Jesus Christ how do we apply the atonement? I don't even think they said Jesus Christ. I think they said, how do we apply the atonement in our lives? Okay, so that was the question. And Scott, that should, that's a great question. That's a question we should all ask ourselves. But Elder Eyring got really kind of animated. I mean, if, you, if, you, if our listeners watch this, you'll notice how he kind of sets up in his chair and he gets out on the edge of his chair, and he's really excited about that question. And he's really uh, prepared. You can tell they've been talking about it as a first presidency and quorum of the twelve. Uh, I mean, and this is shortly after President Nelson had asked us to talk, not talk about the atonement, uh, without referring to it as the atonement of Jesus Christ and connecting Jesus Christ to the atonement. And so President Eyring gets all excited about the question. How can I apply the atonement in my life? And this is what he says. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read a little bit of it here. The first thing to do is to get a few facts straight, President Eyring said. The atonement was something Jesus Christ did. It's not a thing itself. <laughs> I think that's, that's a different way for some people to look at it. It's something that he did. It's not an entity in itself. And he goes on, quote, He atoned for our sins, and he paid the price to allow us to be forgiven and to be resurrected. So it's what he did that qualified him to give us forgiveness, to change our hearts. Get this, Scott. It's the Holy Ghost doing that, not the atonement. (laughs) As if it's a thing itself. And so when you feel forgiveness, that's not the atonement. That's the Savior giving you a feeling of forgiveness through the Holy Ghost because of the atonement. Now, really, Scott, what what I just read from President Eyring should cause all of us to rethink how we think about how it works. And I, I hope people do. I hope I hope for a minute all of our listeners will consciously make sure they got this right. It's not the atonement that we that gives us forgiveness. It's not through it's not it's Jesus Christ as administered by the Holy Ghost because of the atonement right. yeah. of Jesus Christ yep. Yep. that we get forgiveness. Yeah. So I, I just think that's really critical again and uh Another testimony that Jesus Christ uh, is the one that has the power of forgiveness, but he offers it to us as a gift right? from the gift of the Holy Ghost right. or the power of the Holy Ghost. Right. I, don't think, I don't think LDS, and I know that some LDS will disagree with me on this because I've, I've had that argument with some. I do not believe we have a monopoly on forgiveness of sin. I don't. Now, I know there's power in the ordinances, and I know the power in the priesthood, uh, uh, you know, 
the baptism and the ordinances and all of that is is really important. I, you know, I, I know that. But I believe people through prayer, and no matter what their faith, can receive some degree of confirmation that they're making progress and some degree of forgiveness, if not complete forgiveness, uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost without ever receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands. I uh, was in a meeting. I won't say what kind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit careful here. I was in a meeting semi-recently, and a uh, person was giving a talk, and in the talk, and I, and I know what they mean, and, and, it, and it's all good, but, I, but I, I have a point I want to make here. In the talk, this person said, I've used the atonement many times in my life. And, and I know what they mean. You uh, know? It's probably been I, said. I, I know what they mean, exactly what they mean. In but millions of exactly. fast and testimony meetings every month. But, but to your point, you know, it's, it's not the atonement that we use. It's Christ's power. It's Christ's blessings. There are blessings that come to us, his blessings, and we've talked about these at length and we'll continue to, but it's these blessings that come to us because of the atonement, not... It's not the atonement, but because of the atonement, because right. of what Christ went through, the right. events of the atonement, right, that give us the effects of the atonement. And but those are only available because of Jesus Christ Himself, and and they're made available to us only through the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the way it works. After President Iring had given a even a little longer, more detailed answer than what I'm sharing with our listeners today. Then Elder Holland spoke up and said, hey, can I, can I just say a word here? And, he, and Elder Holland said, if we understand the atonement of Jesus Christ, we're going to be meek and lowly and very grateful. Remember how many times have we said gratitude? Gratitude, the beginning of desire. Is the beginning of desire. And, and Scott, I, I, I think Elder Holland's... Uh, quote here somewhat confirms that, that, that uh, if we think about the atonement of Jesus Christ, it can, it can in and of itself, understanding what Jesus did, can have a really humbling effect on us. It can make us meek and lowly in heart. It can even break our heart, as we've discussed. It can give us a contrite spirit. It can start us on the path of repentance. But there is no power in the atonement to forgive us. It is not a thing in and of itself. Jesus suffered for our sins, and because of that, it qualified him with power to forgive us. It it empowered him to offer us mercy and grace because of his atonement. And the gifts of mercy and grace, the redemptive, enabling powers and compensatory blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ are all administered in our life through the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then Elder Holland said, and because of meekness and lowliness of heart, which comes as we view, as we go to Gethsemane and the cross and we view the atonement of Jesus Christ, and because of meekness and lowliness of heart, then cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost. I know that's the scripture, but I don't have the reference right here. 
Elder Holland continued, We've just been swept right into the celestial kingdom here on the strength of the atonement of Jesus Christ because it made us meek, it made us lowly, it made us grateful. It made us know somebody helped us. And that brings the Holy Ghost. I don't know that I had ever quite tied the gift of the Holy Ghost as an extension of the Savior's atonement. So I, I just think um, maybe we, again, the question, how can I apply the atonement of Jesus Christ in my life? What's the answer to that, Scott? Well, the way I can apply the atonement of Jesus Christ in my life is strive to have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost with me. And that is a lot more concrete and sequential than the abstract idea of how do I get the atonement in my life? Yeah. How do I apply the atonement? You know, I've heard people say, well, you just have to apply the atonement. You just have to apply the atonement. And I heard from dozens of students that I taught at Institute, um, they would say, what does that even mean? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. How do I do that? It's much more effective for us as, as uh, family members, as parents, as brothers, sisters, sons and daughters, to help our other family members and those that we love and those in the church who we teach. It's much more effective to, to teach how to qualify for the power and gift, the cleansing power, the healing gift of the atonement of Jesus Christ by receiving the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that should be our focus. How can we get the Spirit in our life? Because as we discussed last week or two, when we feel the Holy Ghost, what do we know? We know we are being forgiven of our sins. President I ring again. When we feel the Holy Ghost, we should know that the atonement of Jesus Christ is working in our life. I, I think about that daily. I, if, if all of our listeners and if all members of the church would just, every time they feel the Holy Ghost, immediately their their minds should be taken to the uh, Gethsemane and the cross and we should this is this is really how you look unto me in every thought how you look unto me in every thought is is by having the holy ghost as our constant companion and when we feel the holy ghost we th- we should think about the atonement of Jesus Christ and the connection between Jesus Christ and the atonement, and the administration of the Holy Ghost in our life. You know, in the, in the sacrament prayers, it just kind of light, lays it all right out for us. Yeah, you know? absolutely, it, the it, connection there. Yeah, you know, so, you know, the very end, and this is the blessing on the bread, but at the very end, that they're willing to take upon them the name of thy son and always remember him. So we talk about that. You know, this is where they go. This is how we remember him, right? Well, and what is one of the roles of the Holy Ghost? To bring all things... To our remembrance. To our remembrance. Yeah. And, and so, and, and then that they may... And, and keep his commandments, which he has given them, that what? 
that they may always have his spirit to be with them. That's the reason we take the sacrament. Why? That we may always have his spirit to be with us. It helps us to remember. It helps us to recovenant. It helps us to stay, you know, keep our feet pointed in the covenantal direction. And, And that's the whole purpose that we may have his spirit with us. Now, we know that the atonement of Jesus Christ was there to help us qualify so that we can be forgiven of sin, so that all things in our lives that are brought to us because of the effects of the fall, both the spiritual and the physical death, can be remedied, can be answered, and they are answered through Christ's atonement. But the result, the net effect of Christ's atonement in our lives is that we may have his spirit always to be with us. When his spirit is always with us, we know we're forgiven of our sins, or we are in the process of that repentance process taking place, Dave. We should always be in the process. 100% right. We should always be on the process of repentance. It's an ongoing process. Again, I, you know, I was thinking this morning, Scott Early, that um, we're never really sinless. Right. You don't have to be sinless to feel forgiven, because you'll never be sinless. You just have to receive the Holy Ghost. Because what does that mean? If we're receiving the Holy Ghost, that means that we have the administration of Jesus's atonement, which is the blessing of all of his powers that come to us through the atonement at work in our lives. And when we have that, then we know that it's not through our merit, but his merit, that now that qualification process is drawing us to him to be with him forever. Yes. And the atonement is working in our life. Right. So um, the Holy Ghost is a constant companion, Scott. You know, I, I take that phrase pretty seriously. I think it's only once or twice in the scriptures. I, I was doing a little search... And uh, and maybe we can look at this scripture, Scott, but I think this is really powerful if you want to look it up and read it to us. Doctrine and Covenants, section 121, verse 46, let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. All right, so this is uh, DNC 121, verses 45 and 46, okay. actually. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men and to the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence. I love that because it tells us how do we get our confidence. I know. If you're, and I know we all wonder this, right? Where do you stand? How do I get confident in the presence of heavenly? Yeah. Father? Where do I stand with God? Yeah. And this, this just answers. Am I good enough? This just. There's just so many questions and insecurities in our, our relationship with the Lord, and this right, is right. This is telling us that through charity, and virtuous thoughts. You know, which which aren't only morally clean thoughts, but good no, thoughts. No, good thoughts. Virtue. Right. Yeah. Virtue yeah. is not just a some uh, something dealing with sexual connotations. No, it's, no. Anything it's good. That, good thoughts. Yeah, virtue is anything that's inviting the Spirit in our lives. Yeah, life, there you right? go. I yeah. like that yeah. definition. And so I'm going to start over. 121.45, let thy bowels be full of charity towards all men and to the household of faith. And I also like, I'm going to stop again. I also like that it says towards all men. All men, the whole world. Yeah, you don't get to choose. No. Yeah, you don't get to, that guy that uh, cuts you off. Even the guy on the news that you always see that really gets under your skin, the whole 
whole world and whole country <laughs> supposed to hate them, yeah. whatever, yeah. or or the world supposed to hate them. Uh, that gets, this gets back to the last couple of episodes, you know, forgiveness maybe even, right? So let Bal Yeah, be- well, this is one reason why <laughs> to be forgiven, you have to forgive. You have to forgive, and so here we go. Let thy, again, DNC 121 <laughs> verse 45, uh, 45 and 46. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men, and to the household of faith. And sometimes it's harder to have charity towards the household of faith. Uh, yeah, what does that than mean? Than it is to all men, Scott. What does that mean? Well, it's the it's the church. It's the people in right. the church who who shouldn't offend us, but who do offend us. Yeah, it's people in the church who we have we have so much uh, higher yep. expectations for, and it's our neighbor. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes yeah. it's harder yeah. to forgive your neighbor, Scott, yeah. than it is the whole world. Or even it's, a family member. Or, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or somebody in your yeah. own household, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Hmm. That's, and, and that's another one. Unceasingly. Virtue. Okay, so to have virtuous thoughts, and, and again, this is not necessarily talking about anything sexually related. This is anything pure. It includes all that. It does, for sure, but this also includes anything that's so pure more, and yeah. Christ-like and yeah, God-like, holy. right? So let the, let the virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then... Okay, so then. this so this is obviously if and then there statement. there is a there are conditions on this, yeah. and so in order for then. that to happen, here's do this, the, then this, then okay, this. yeah, so it's kind of like an algorithm. If this, then that, right? Yeah. Then shall the then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. Sounds like you're forgiven. Yeah, and that sounds like a huge blessing. And the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. Mm. The doctrine of the priesthood. Yeah. All right. And then 46, the Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion and thy scepter and unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. And thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion. And without compulsory means, it shall flow unto thee forever and ever. I like that part. I think that Powerful. part, get, I, I look over that part, without compulsory means, that means without really trying. Yeah. That means that it'll become well, our nature. It'll become who we it's are. It's the, uh, the, the people who, who hold the uh, rod of iron and they're not clinging to it, they're just holding fast. Right. They're, they're steadfast. Right. They're moving forward. They're not taking huge leaps and bounds. They're just they're just moving one foot in front of the other, and continually by small and simple things, great things come to pass. Well, I love that scripture, and I, I that's one of the few places in the standard works where it says the Holy Ghost will be your constant companion. I take that I take that pretty seriously, constant companion, and and every time we we hear somebody confirmed to the church, right. They call him by name, by the power of the priesthood, you know, and in the name of the Savior, they say, receive the Holy Ghost. After being confirmed a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, receive the Holy Ghost that's as a constant companion. Scott, that's quite a commandment, uh, such an important uh, part of the covenant of baptism, the baptism of water, followed by the baptism of fire, which is the Holy Ghost. Uh, 
if you receive the Holy Ghost, he shall be your constant companion. Right. You know, President Nelson, in kind of a face-to-face, not very, just a year or two ago, with the youth, talked about, you know, you know somebody asked him about a question about uh, the atonement of Jesus Christ, and he started talking about the Holy Ghost. And he says, unfortunately, some people have never opened the gift. <laughs> they need to untie the bow. They need to take off the paper and open the gift and realize the blessings that are in store for them if they will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So maybe, again, uh, for just a moment, in regards to receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ because of the atonement administered into our lives by the gift and power of the Holy Ghost, how do we receive it? How do we receive the gift? Well, I, th- I think we've talked about that, you know, and it's definitely something that we need to continue to talk about. But the way that we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost is we align ourselves with Heavenly Father's will for us. And that includes so much, right? Uh, you know, we, we have certain things that we draw upon as kind of expectations or or whatever for ourselves, which are good. You know, sometimes when I say that, we have expectations for ourselves that sort of has a negative connotation. Not in this case. In this case, when we have those expectations, those expectations would be whatever I need to do to court the Spirit in my life. So that would include all the primary answers that we ever talk about in church, right? We say our prayers in the morning. We say our prayers at night. We read the Scriptures. We treat treat everybody kindly. We, uh, we, we adhere to the the covenant promises, the covenants that we've made, and we uh, take upon us his name. I mean, everything that we've talked about in every episode coming to this one, so all 32 episodes prior to this one, we talk about what it is that we need to do to have the Spirit in our lives. And, and you know, it becomes really less of a checklist like everything else and more of just a way that we live our lives. Let me just share a quick experience. Last Sunday, I'm sitting in, in um, church. And, and I'm sitting in sacrament meeting, and I don't have the Spirit with me. Mm. And I don't have the Spirit with me because I have a heart problem that day. You know, the, my, my, and when I say heart problem, an attitude of the heart problem, right? Yeah. And, and my and, at, Go ahead. And Scott, may, maybe, I don't, I don't know, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah. saying this is right or not, yeah. but maybe another way of looking at that is maybe you did have the Holy Ghost as your constant companion. Maybe. But maybe you were not receiving it or recognizing it or willing to do whatever it took to feel the Holy Ghost yeah. in your life. Yeah, and that and that was definitely the case uh, for a few minutes, or at least. And, and, you know, when I came home that day, and, that, you know, I went toward council. We did all of the things that I need to do as part of my leadership uh, calling in, in our ward. We took and, and we took care of everything, and it was all fine. But when I came home Sunday night, this past Sunday, there I could just feel something missing. There was something wrong mm-hmm. with me, mm-hmm. and, and I and so I do what I often do when that when that's the case. I came down here to my office and I did a little uh, prayer and personal inventory, and I determined that I wasn't striving very hard to have the Holy Ghost in my life. I was not necessarily doing things to chase it away per se, but there were there were th- things in my life that maybe hadn't uh, received the kind of attention that they should have been receiving yeah. for for a short period of time. And so I made a conscious decision that night 
uh, that would have been Sunday night, just a few days ago at this point, to strive harder to have the Holy Ghost in my life. And so as I've done that, and I really noticed it uh, yesterday and the day before especially, I, I really noticed a big change, a big difference in me. And so, you know, the things that would normally or, or when I don't have the spirit with me that aggravate me or irritate me, it's been different. I have a different, again, a different approach. So that for me, maybe for all of us, these are things that a constant awareness of mm-hmm. and vigilance towards can help us in making sure that we have the atonement working in our life so that we don't have to have those feelings of uh, you know, I call it restless, irritable, and discontent. You know, and that's kind of where I was at without the without the Holy yeah, Ghost. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But uh, but I believe the Holy Ghost was with you. I mean, this is just my yeah personal. I, I, I know, I, what, I you know what you're saying, and sure. I sometimes I don't feel him either. Sure, but I I think he's there. Yeah, I mean, the Holy Ghost doesn't dwell in us. The Holy Ghost is always with us, but doesn't necessarily. We don't carry him around with us. He's just always there. For us, if we will receive him by choosing what we think, by choosing how we feel. There meaning, you go. Meaning, meaning what's in our heart. Yeah. When I say what we feel is what's in our heart, uh, what, what negative thoughts am I struggling with? What negative feelings am I struggling with? Am I, am I, uh, am I full of fear? Yeah. Am I full of pride? Am I full of jealousy, envy, coveting? Uh, all of these negative emotions, Scott, that act as a pavilion Mm. that keep us from feeling, receiving, recognizing the Holy Ghost in our life. I love how you just put that, that act as a pavilion. Yeah. I know a guy that had a pavilion, felt a pavilion one time separating him from him and God. Well, right. That's in the same section. Yeah, exactly. This is in section 121, Joseph Smith in Liberty Jail. You know, where is thy pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? Well, it's not that the Holy Ghost wasn't with Joseph Smith when he made that prayer. I know the Holy Ghost was with Joseph Smith. But because of the extreme physical conditions, pain, fear, all the natural man stuff that would be present, even with the prophet, was acting as a pavilion to keep him from deity. Scott, we have those daily, really. I know the Holy Ghost yeah. is my constant companion, but there are pavilions in our life that, that become a, a, a blockade or a stumbling block for us to really feel and receive the Holy Ghost. I, I love Elder uh, or President Iring's talk that he gave years ago called the Pavilions. I can't remember the whole talk, and it's been it's probably been 15 years ago now. But um, he talked about the emotions and the thoughts that act as pavilions that separate us from God or Jesus or the Holy Ghost. And uh, be worth our members to go back and read that talk. It's one of my my all-time favorites. It's actually called Where is the Pavilion, and it's October of 2012. Okay, 11 years ago. Yeah. Well, that was an amazing talk for me, and he and he talks about how to overcome some of those pavilions, so that we can receive the Holy Ghost in our life. Again, the question maybe that we're we're asking, oh, I, and maybe an invitation to our listeners, based on your comments, Scott, is what Elder Bednar taught us. We should all ask ourselves, what do I need to start doing, 
And what do I need to stop doing? To feel the Holy Ghost, to receive and feel the Holy Ghost in my life. It doesn't have to be huge things. Maybe some of them are. But it's the small, simple things that bring great things to pass. And that's uh, spiritual as well as temporal. Well, I asked you the question, how can we receive the Holy Ghost? And I found the scripture that I referred to easily or earlier that was uh, the scripture earlier that was referred to by, by Elder Holland. This is uh, Moroni 8, letter of Mormon to his son, Moroni. And uh, I love this, this passage. I think it's kind of the process. I think he really dis- describes the process here, Scott. It's uh, verse 25 and 26, so maybe we can discuss this scripture. If you want to read it, please. All right, Moroni 8, uh, verses 25 and 26. And the first fruits of repentance is baptism, and baptism cometh by faith unto the fulfilling of the commandments. And the fulfilling of the commandments bringeth a remission of sins. And the remission of sins bringeth meekness and lowliness of heart, and because of meekness and lowliness of heart cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost, which comforter filleth with hope and with perfect love, and which which love endureth by diligence unto prayer until the end shall come, when all the saints shall dwell with God. That's a, that's an interesting uh, description, I think, of the process of repenting, ordinances, uh, the remission of sins that uh, come to us through the Holy Ghost, uh, filling us with meekness and lowliness, and then then and then cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost, which fills us with hope and perfect love. So again, the question, how do I know I'm forgiven? Well, there you go. You feel the Holy Ghost, and you're filled with hope and perfect love. And that love, charity, the pure love of Christ, endureth by diligence unto prayer until we return to the presence of God. It's not really complicated, Scott. No. It's it's pretty simple, as uh, described there by Mormon. Well, yeah, I mean... But, you know, it's definitely not complicated, but sometimes we don't find it super easy to do, right? And and maybe it's not that we don't find it easy to do uh, as much as we get lulled away into our carnal security. And we become, and I hesitate to use the word lazy because I don't ever want to imply that any of us are lazy, but... But President Nelson talked about, you know... <laughs> the Lord is it, it doesn't... Uh, how do you put it? The Lord... Uh isn't pleased with lazy learners. Yeah, yeah lazy learners, that's what it was. Lazy you know? learners. You know, but but I think that a lot of times though that that's what it really kind of comes down to. That's what it came down for me the other day. You know, it wasn't so much that I was committing any grievous sin. It wasn't you were but drifting. I had I had drifted in my just contact. Going with the flow. Just in my contact, you know, yeah. just wasn't making a conscious contact, not like, being proactive enough. Right. I was just kind of resting on my laurels, maybe yeah. a little my spiritual laurels, maybe a yeah. little bit. You know, and so I think that that's the point, you know, that, that, that this is just something that it just requires a little bit of constant effort on our part. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and and it helps to have a plan. Yeah. It helps as we think about our day. Um, 
the night before, the morning of, to say, okay, what, what are some things I'm going to do today to help me to feel the Holy Ghost, which, which really means to have the atonement of Jesus Christ applied in my life. Right. What am I going to do today to feel the power of Christ because of his atonement flow into my life through receiving the Holy Ghost? Right. I mean, Scott, if, if all of us would just consider that question when we're thinking about our day, beginning our day, or as we end our day, uh, to help us to repent and to move forward and progress, it could really be life-changing. You know, that plan part is so important. If we approach each day with no plan, or if we approach our lives with no plan, then we're going to get what we planned for. Nothing, yeah. right? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> but if we have that I, plan in place, and that's and that really does become an important part of this. We have to know what things invite the Spirit into our lives. We have to know that. We have to know what things will uh, separate us from the Spirit, so we can avoid take measures to avoid those things. Even you know, even things. Just I can't. I can't look on a certain website maybe because of the uh, the uh, conflict that's brought there that draws me into yeah, but be you proactive know, don't yeah, just go with the flow yeah and, and what you know and that's that's just a small example there's a probably thousands Quit of watching commercials for, you know when i was <laughs> i remember when i was ordained a patriarch scott yeah you've told me i this. became super sensitive about i would, i could lose the spirit pretty and then i don't mean lose the holy ghost i mean not feel the Holy Ghost or not receive the Holy Ghost yeah, yeah. by watching uh, certain commercials. Yeah. So I, I try pretty hard, not perfect at it, but I, I try pretty hard to try to avoid commercials and advertisements on television because I, I think the, the commercials can be more, um, uh, they put such negative and inappropriate thoughts into our mind even more than television programs yeah, do. Probably I, right. I mean, I, yeah. I just think it's so great that we have the technology to be able to record and pick and choose, but are we, are we using that technology to eliminate the distractions, even if it only might be uh, little commercials? I mean, it's amazing to me. I, I can't understand this, how they can uh, uh, put a movie rated R, which, you know, you have to be a certain age to apparently go to that. I don't I have no idea if that's ever enforced, but you're supposed to be a certain age to go to certain movies. And yet they can show it on television <laughs> in my living room, yeah. a commercial. They yeah. can advertise it in my living yeah. room with my kids or babies or grandchildren watching it. Right. That, that drives me crazy. I, I, and I, I don't know. There's nothing I guess we can do about that except learn ways and use technology to block that stuff out, out of our lives. Well, that is what we can do about it. And that's, again, being proactive. I remember President Ballard years ago talking, gave an amazing talk. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it, but he compared uh, sometimes our lives to drifting down the river right? with nothing to control where we go. We just are going with the flow. I was up at... Uh, uh, Hot Springs. Lava Hot Springs. In Lava Hot Springs. Yeah. By the way, I thought that was a, a place. I didn't know it was a city with a zip code. 
you didn't? <laughs> no, I'd never been there before. And I'm uh, so I go up to Lava Hot Springs with my family. They'd been trying to get us to go up there for a few years, and I, I thought, okay, I got to go see this Lava Hot Springs. You thought it was just springs? Coming yeah, out I of thought the it ground. was just a springs, and I was going to go down on the river. I didn't know it. No, it was a whole town. Oh, and million dollar <laughs> swimming pools, and right? You know, I yeah, did not yeah. know that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was an experience for me. But it's kind of like you jump in on this tube. Yeah. And you have such little control yeah. where you go, and and there's it's it's a fun little river because it's, sure. it's warm, yeah. It's it's not very cold, and uh, the, there there's it, there's some fast parts to it, and there's some slow parts to it, lazy parts and exciting parts, and uh, anyway, we had a great time. But Scott, how many times is our life or or well, individual days of our life? Uh, like just floating down uh, yeah. the tube, or, or even just in moments. a warm in a warm hot springs, <laughs> <laughs> and we just we're just happy just to be there. Along, yeah. And, and anyway, I I think we have to be a little more proactive. And, yeah, we definitely and use planning. Yeah, and ask questions in our prayers. What do I need to stop doing and listen for some answer? Get a vision. Get some spirit to help us know what we need to stop doing, and what can I start doing? Ask the question, ponder, listen, write it down, put it in our plan, and start doing some of those things. And, uh, Scott, it can be as simple as, well, it'd be nice if you read a book, the chapter in the Book of Mormon today. It'd be nice if you went to the temple this week. Um, there's just so many things. Or listen to a conference talk while you're getting ready. For work or serving somebody and doing your ministering, or yeah, and so much, so much, much more. Next time you go to Lava Hot Springs, you uh, need to take my kayak. Oh, I'd, I'd, you, I'd probably drown. You, you take my kayak because that's like having the spirit because drown. you can control oh, the okay. oars where you well, go. Well, you in can, it. you can, but I, I'm, I'm probably well, you're in trouble. No, I, I, that'd be easy for somebody <laughs> like, even be, like I'm you to, to learn to how to do. Yeah, no, you'd be fine. River. You'd be fine, but you know, all, all joking aside, though, that that you know that really is not a bad metaphor. You know, you float the river on a tube, and you just go where the river takes you. Right. You know, you put an oar in your hand on a kayak, and that's like having the spirit in your life because you can avoid treacher, treacherous situations. Yeah. You can enjoy the mo- more calm waters. You can even enjoy the fast yeah. waters if you have the control, uh, and and that's very much like having the spirit of the well, Holy Ghost I, in our lives to administer. Amen be the administrator of Christ's atonement. And, and Scott, so many of us don't try to really control the media that just uh, yeah. consumes our culture and our society. And we just, uh, well, we have so many, I think, um, uh, on social media, on television, on radio, on so many things. We hear so many inappropriate things. We live in kind of a a pornographic world, and we wonder why so many have pornographic addictions, and it's so hard for them to to um, get out of those addictions. And honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with just a lack of being proactive and planning and doing the small and simple things, the dailies. I know that's what you know those uh, 
addiction recovery programs on, yeah, yeah. on uh, yeah. certain addictions. They call it uh, doing our their dailies. dailies. Yeah, we do our dailies. I did my dailies this morning. My dailies will be complete when the day's over and I get to do the second part of them today. But yeah, and, and those are so important, you know. It, and what's a what's an example of dailies? Well, I'll what give are, you, so, f- and I'll and let me give you an example of why they're important. So, you know, you know that I've been um, involved in, Alcoholics Anonymous and other addiction recovery programs for over 24 years. As an active participant, still am today. Um, I'll have 25 years coming up, uh, October 26. I can't believe that. But anyway, uh, I get an opportunity to sponsor men in the program, which simply means being there as a support, kind of a mentor, helping them work the steps, etc. cetera, uh, giving them direction, taking them by the hand, just kind of leading them through not just the steps, but through the whole recovery process. And part of that recovery process really is, and it's it's not – it's not a prescribed part, but it is a part that we all do by tradition because it works and it helps us. And that is, actually, it is a prescribed part. It does talk about it in the the big book about how when we start our day, we start our day on our knees, basically, and ask to be directed by a higher power, by Heavenly Father, through the Holy Ghost, um, in, our, in our case. Uh, we ask Him to direct our, our, our thinking, our actions— to remove us from the bondage of self, to see where we can be useful, mm. uh, those kinds of things. So there's prayer. And then there's some sort of um, directive, mind-directive exercise that we typically go through, which will include reading uh, something spiritual, something from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, maybe something from other approved literature. There's a couple of... Uh, daily reflection books uh, that, uh, you know, I they're sitting right there on my desk that I like to uh, read that also kind of help. So, for example, in one of them, this we, we just began August, so that's the eighth step. Eighth month, eighth step. There's 12 months, 12 steps. just so happens it works that way. So the eighth step is where we begin to make a list of all persons we have harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Mm. And so we begin in August, we kind of as a group, focus on that. Not everybody's on that step, but that's kind of our direction. And when we do that, David, you know, that's so that's a daily. Another daily would be, uh, and I'm just throwing some of their, so many of these are obviously optional. You get to choose them, et cetera. But another one would be to talk to another alcoholic throughout the day, mm. you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, preferably, especially if you're new, your sponsor. Call your sponsor. Just say, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, how do I sound? That's actually the more important part of that, yeah. to, that, you know. But to just have those things, and there's several others. You know, we go to meetings. We go to, uh, we do service. Uh, it's such an important part of it. You know, and we, and we talk about, you know, how do we get the spirit in our lives? Well, we talked about, well, you should read the scriptures. You should do this. You should do that. Those are all things we do for us. We do by ourselves. But one of the real big ones, and we can't, I, I can't personally overemphasize emphasize this. One of the biggest ways that I like to help people and I like to help myself feel the spirit in my life is when I serve others. Uh, you know, I don't really feel like there's a more Christ-like thing mm. that I can be doing is to then to serve somebody who needs my help, my uplifting, even my physical service, you know, uh, taking out the trash for somebody or mowing the lawn for mm-hmm. somebody in my ward mm-hmm. or whatever that needs help. So any of these things are what we would call considered dailies. And, and you know, and, and yeah, I think that for me, 
I have a list of things that, uh, that I like to do on a daily basis. And if I do those things on a daily basis, I'm going to have the Spirit with me. For me, they're one and the same. You know, yeah. if, I, if I have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost with me, then my recovery process is in, in, in check. And so is the atonement of Jesus Christ at work in my life. To me, they're one and the same uh, for me. The, the, in fact, the recovery, the 12 steps of recovery come to us as one of the enabling powers of Christ's atonement. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, even those 12 steps are a, poor, a component of that. So when I have the spirit in my life, and when I have those dailies, when I have those things, and, and, I, and I hesitate and hate, actually, to use the word checklist, but in this case, it kind of is a checklist. There are certain things that, okay, did it, okay, did it, okay, did it. And if I do those okay, did it's on a pretty regular basis, and as, the, the more consistent I am, in fact, it almost correlates, the consistency I have with that almost, almost directly correlates with the consistency to which I feel the spirit in my mm. life. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you for for sharing that. And uh, so, I think that as we as we uh, go forward, I, I know we need to close. And as we go forward, we need to just really, really come to some uh, revelation. Receive how we can grow uh, and progress in our life through receiving, recognizing, and responding to the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, by starting certain things daily, planning, pondering, writing it down, uh, uh, considering uh, what can we do as an individual, as a couple, as a family to get the, uh, the greater part of our day focused on the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, I, I still remember the talk that uh, President uh, Bruce R. McConkie, or Elder, Elder Bruce R. McConkie gave years ago in 1981. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember the month. It was BYU devotional where he really chastised somebody at BYU for writing a what he called a foolish book. I actually thought it was a pretty good book, but he... He was a little <laughs> upset that day, and uh, well, and never being one to mince words, mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, because this person had written a book about how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, oh yeah, but had not talked enough about a relationship with the Father and the importance of having a relationship with Heavenly Father and kind of having an exclusive relationship with Jesus. And and uh, and praying through Jesus that that was a a part of the book that had really uh, I think uh, made uh, Elder McConkie feel bad was that somebody said that we should pray through Jesus and he was really dogmatic about we don't pray through Jesus we pray to the Father directly to the Father we don't pray through rosary beads we don't pray through any other medium through angels or Jesus or anybody. When we pray, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Well, I that was good. I, uh, that was important, I think, for him to teach that. And then he said, if you're going to err, if you're going to err in having a more personal relationship with one member of the deity than another, then you should err on having the most personal, closest relationship with the Holy Ghost. Because it's the Holy Ghost that administers 
all of the gifts, all of the blessings, all of the powers that are available to us through our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Yeah. If you're going to err in having a personal relationship with a member of the deity, let it be that one. Have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Well, I, I've never forgot that, and I've, I've always thought that was, that's probably true. You know, that he is the testator. He, he testifies to us of the Father. He test, testifies to us of, of the atonement of Jesus Christ and our Savior and Redeemer, and he teaches us. He's the teacher, the sanctifier, the comforter, the cleanser, the healer, uh, all all of the gifts that are available to us through the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? Through our Heavenly Father, it's the Holy Ghost that administers that and testifies of that. And uh, I hope that all of us uh, this week and coming weeks and days can uh, focus more and uh, pray about it, think about it, ponder it. How can we... How can we get to more in tune and closer to the Holy Ghost in our life? And next week we can we'll continue this discussion. I'd like to talk about the skill of revelation and how we can actually uh, receive more revelation from the Holy Ghost and uh, the importance of the Holy Ghost in our uh, in our daily lives. So we'll 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 continue this discussion next week. Fantastic. Gang, as uh, we conclude this week, especially as we are at the sacrament table or in sacrament meeting and partaking of the sacrament this week, it's my challenge to each one of us that we really listen to carefully uh, the promises that come as a result, that they may have his spirit to be with them. That's why we do it. That they may always have his spirit to be with them. That's why we do that. Uh, and so let's let's really pay attention to that they may always have his spirit to be with them. How are we doing there? What can we start doing or stop doing that will help us to better enable the spirit of the Holy Ghost to be in our lives so that we can fill the administration of Jesus's power through his atonement in our lives as well. Thanks for being with us today. We always enjoy our time with you and look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, take care.